TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Hey, we do welcome you to the Two Guys in a Mic show, TalkZone.com. Beautiful, beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. The Big Dog, hopefully, hopefully going to be joining us uh, in a couple of minutes. But uh, if you're checking in via the webcast and you're used to seeing me in a room all by myself and throughout my career, I'm very used to being in a room all by myself, by the way. You get used to it after a while. Not today. We have uh, two of Glenview's youngest and finest uh, Sam Babitsky, the great Babitsky on one side over here, and of course uh, my son, Kevin Cohn, making his first appearance in here. Kevin is a behind-the-scenes uh, stage manager guy, electricity guy, mechanical guy, but uh, we might get him on the air today, the great Babitsky part of the sports department at Glenbrook South High School, and uh, Babitsky, great sports day-to-day. we got World Cup, by the way, don't come with the score of France and Germany. All right, you got it. No problem. Thank you very much. Uh, we got Game 7 tonight, two of the best words in all of sports, folks. Game 7, the Celtics and the Lakers, even if you haven't been watching that much, which I haven't, you still got to get excited about Game 7. The tape machine will be set tonight. Kobe Bryant goes for World Championship, NBA Championship number 5? Number 5, yeah. And Phil Jackson? Phil Jackson could be... 11. I think so. Wow. 11. It's unbelievable. 11 champions. He's got 10, but he's going for 11 today. Game 7 at Los Angeles. we got Cubs and Sox to talk about. Uh, first of all, Sam, uh, well, first of all, I envy both of you guys because you're going to the Cubs game today, huh? That kind of developed into a routine here. Last time I was on with uh, Ben Wittenstein. Yep. Well, you're also heading off to the game. Glenview so. Ben. Glenview Ben. Yep. And so we kind of turned into a routine now. We do the show with you, and then mm-hmm. we get our mentality going for the Cubs game later on. Let me ask you, Glenview Ben, after his one performance here, did his career spiral upwards? Did his popularity with females gain no acclaim? What great heights did Ben get, or did he just uh, quietly fade uh, into the woodwork? Let's see, as far as females are concerned, I don't think he can go much higher, to be honest. Really? He's reached the high the high point of the right, total pole. Remember, you don't want to peak too early in your high school career, both athletically and with the girls. So, Glenview Ben, he may be popular now by senior years, like forget about it. It's all about improving as you go. But, uh, all right, so Cubs game did it. Beautiful weather. You know, you could say David Olson's, you know, he's the guy that would argue with me. I tried to pump up the Cubs yesterday and be optimistic. And Dave's giving me all the, the looks over there. He's a White Sox fan, so who the hell cares? But um, there will be many Cub fans. You know, the Cubs are losing this year. Ah, the fans go to Wrigley Field no matter what. They show up even to cheer on a little. You know what? It's a beautiful day. Okay, Cubs won yesterday. The fans are going to be out there cheering for the team. If they win, okay, it doesn't mean we're going to go to the pennant. Maybe this year is still going to be a bad year. But it's still a great time at Wrigley Field, is it not? It is a great time, and and uh, it's just something I enjoy going there as much as possible, especially in the summer. You know, you got mm-hmm. good days. You've got the evening games, I think, are, I think beautiful. The 70 degrees on the on the Wednesday night, those types of games. It's it's just great to be around. You know, you got 40,000 people there. Half of them yeah. probably don't know what's going on, but that, but that's okay with me. Well, see, that, and I was just going to say, you just feed it into the anti of what I was going to say. But, Sam, so many people will say, oh, you know, they hear, you know, Coach talking and Sam talking about going to the game and it's going to be fun and sunny and the Ivy. 
But the fans, when they're there, they, they cheer for the Cubs. It's it's not like we're not being competitive. I think the Wrigley Field fans, in my personal opinion, most people would disagree. Every bit as competitive as other baseball fans, just because we're cheering for a team that might not win the championship doesn't mean we're not competitive. Doesn't mean we don't want the Cubs to win. We're enjoying the experience, but you don't have to apologize for that, do you? No, not at all. I, I agree with you. You're there for you're there for I think that game only. And obviously, you know, if they win today, they're going to win the next five games. It doesn't mean that doesn't guarantee them a free trip to. Mm-hmm. to the World Series or anything like that. But I think that you live, you go to Wrigley Field for the day and for the atmosphere and just uh, We're going to throw out some cash today. Five bucks, five bucks, Glenview Kevin or Glenview Sam, and it will double into five zero. Any listeners, any uh, people checking in via our webcast, 888-463-6748. You can email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com. That's M-I-C in the number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com. You see Mike short for microphone, Kevin? Pretty clever, huh? Thank you very much. Um, pick a guy in the Cubs game that's going to hit a home run today. Five bucks if he hits it. Two homers in the game, put a zero on the end of that. No, if he hits three homers, we're not putting two zeros. Unless, David Olson, you'd like to contribute to the cause. 500 be a little steep. No, not particularly. Would you be willing to contribute like $1 to the cause? No, not really. <laughs> Dave's going to take out two quarters from his pocket. That's what he's going to contribute. All right, so uh, Babitsk and Kevin Cohen, and Kevin's a behind-the-scenes guy now, not a big sports guy. So Kevin's biggest challenge will be trying to figure out one guy on the Cubs to actually predict. But uh, give me a guy who's going to hit a home run. Five bucks, 50, 5-0, callers two, 888-463-6748, home run for the Cubs today. Now, you know, I haven't seen the starting lineup today, but for my, what I guess is that it's going to be – it's going to be Soriano on left, and then Kosuke in center, and Tyler Colvin leading it in right field. So I'm going to go ahead and say Tyler Colvin today. Tyler, the rookie. The rookie Tyler Colvin is going to. The rookie. He's going to hit one in the sixth inning. Wow. Which will put the Cubs up three to one. Wow. Could you get a little more specific, please? All right, Kevin, how about you? Well, I have a slight problem. Uh, I don't know anybody on the Cubs, <laughs> so that that can like, kind of cause me a problem. Uh, Sam, give him a give him a guy. I should pick one for him, too? Yeah. Huh? I should pick one for him, too? This is beyond your allowance money, by the way. This is additional. Okay. What about the pitcher, Randy Wells? You don't want him to get any money, do you? (laughs) Wait, hello? You got the pitcher, Randy Wells. Very good. Five bucks. Is the microphone not working, Dave? All right, we'll see if we can get that fixed up. Hopefully we got uh, Glenview Kevin's microphone working. But real quick, Sam, after a uh, victory yesterday, we'll talk some Major League Baseball here. Interleague play, Cubs taking on the um, Oakland A's, the White Sox taking on the Pirate. White Sox on a roll, too. But real quick, your uh, analysis of the Chicago Cubs of late. Any hope, any dimmer of light for the Cub fan? I have this conversation with you all the time, Coach, and that's the conversation of is Lou Pinella too old to be coaching? Is he has he mellowed out too much? And I think that's exactly what the Cubs need. The Cubs need some fire. They need some some spark. Um, Lou Pinella is not providing that for them. Um, aside from Carlos Zambrano, I see everyone kind of dozing off in the dugout. You know, Carlos is he's always juiced up and ready to go. By the way, that move that we talked about, him going back to the starting rotation from the bullpen, I think it's I think it's paid off a little bit. It has. I think so. Okay. You don't think so? Well, I don't think Carlos Zambrano has been pitching uh, all that well. He hasn't exactly been lights out. One good performance. His last one was not so great, was it? It wasn't, like, but I, I think that with time he's going to get much better, especially right. if him sitting in the bullpen getting an outing every once every four or five games. I hope so. It's not good for him. 
But, but an answer to your question, is Lou Piniella too old or not? Anybody that saw him, it was the no-hitter game, I think. Yeah, the no-hitter game when he went to take out Ted Lilly after he gave up his first hit. Ninth inning of the game, pretty late at night. And did you see Lou Piniella come out of the dugout and his walk to the mound? It was kind of a slow... Like, kind of. It, it was a less than walk... You could have read a magazine, done a couple of errands at home, made a couple of phone calls, and come back. It's just so. In answer to your question, based on the way that Lou has strolled out to the mound lately, I would say yes, he is too old. How's that for a pretty simple answer? How old is he? Is he he's he's over seventy. Well, when he started this year, he was sixty-three. I think uh, three months, two two and a half months into the season, now seventy-seven. That's what he looks like. No, I'm, I'm going to guess. Uh, it's a good question. That's what the Cubs do to you. How old is Lou? They mid, age you. Mid-60s? No, I'd say he's over mid-60s. Older? He's either he's mid-60s and doesn't look very good, or he's 70s and looks like he's supposed to. Yeah. And the unshaven look, you know, and the face and the pot belly, it's just not a real pretty look. When he, if, I would prefer, if he's going to make a change of pitchers, just signal. Because <laughs> him walking out to the mound, especially wearing a baseball uniform, is just not... <laughs> it's just not a pretty What would you sight. guess his shirt size is? Triple XL? Double XL? His jersey size. Oh, uh, yeah, he's a double X. Okay. Yeah, he's double X. Actually, I think he, if if you could make it properly, it'd be like a medium up top and then like and then, triple X in the yeah. middle. And then if you could taper it down to a medium towards the end again. I don't know if they make shirts like that, but <laughs> take a little skosh out in the middle. But but overall, forgetting about Lou Piniela and the Cubs, six and a half games back, so theoretically. Mathematically, and you're a graduate of sophomore mathematics class now, geometry, algebra, you move on to junior algebra, your math is better than mine. Is there any kind of creative math you can come up with that can get the Cubs in the playoffs? You said the word theoretically, and now theoretically we can also look at the, anyone can win theoretically. In the NFL we can have the Detroit Lions win the Super Bowl. Is that going to happen? No, probably well, uh, not. Theoretic, look, theoretically, practicality-wise. Let's look six and a half games back. You have Cincinnati and St. Louis up top, and then you've got... Pittsburgh on the bottom, Houston on the bottom, and Milwaukee underneath the Cubs, right? Six and a half game backs, you still have 41 games left against your own division. And everyone's been saying the road to the playoffs is through your own division. Mm -hmm. Kevin Cohn, have you followed the math of that particular? Babiska's trying to confuse us here. Um, Not exactly. (laughs) Only slightly confused. I think what he's trying to tell us after all those mathematical equations, I think it comes out to no chance in hell. Is that basically what you're saying? Let's go with that. That's going to be my com- conclusion. <laughs> Thank you very much. Again, 888-463-6748. Cash giveaway today. Pick a home run in the Chicago Cub game. Guy hits a home run. You win five bucks. Courtesy of um, two guys at a mic here, I will contribute $4.75. The generosity of our producer, David Olson, who will throw in a nice uh, quarter. For you, twenty-five cents. Maybe if the guy hits two home runs and I have to dish out fifty bucks, you know, Dave will probably go overboard and maybe give out fifty cents because that's the kind of. That's a damn lie, and you know it. Thank you very much. So it's eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The other news of the story: Game seven tonight, Pitts. Game seven, Lakers, Celtic. A. Who's going to win? B. Will you be watching? And C. Will you be so sick from all the junk you're going to eat today? Will you even be functional? Let's see here. A is who's going to win. You know, I have the Lakers winning. You do. I have the Lakers defending the Staples Center. Now, this is my own personal analogy, but I think the Staples Center, aside from Madison Square Garden, is the mecca of all sports. The Staples Center. This this thing holds close to, I think, 25,000. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I think the Lakers are going to defend their home court. Named after the office supply store, Staples, right? I believe so. That, that was, was easy. Is that their motto? Yeah, okay. it is. Question B, Uh-oh. would I be watching? Yes. I will be watching. It's a game will. seven. It's a big deal. Okay. It's it's two of the, I, my personal most hated teams. I hate the Boston. I pre, I'm pretty sure I hate the Lakers even more. Mm-hmm. And question C. Yeah, it's hard to watch, isn't it, with two teams you hate? It is. It's it's brutal. Yeah. A lot of people sort of feel that way. Both teams have got plenty of championships. There's no underdog. There's no feel-good story. Only put, reason... put, in, put in the Minnesota Timberwolves and I'll watch. Yeah, exactly. And question C was whether or not I will be able to. That's the most important question. With all the junk food you're going to eat today, David Olsen, they're going to the Cubs game today, right? So, you know, high school kids on their own, you know, junk on top of junk on top. These two clowns go out to McDonald's for breakfast before going to the Cubs game. You know, there's actually an interesting story to that. Hey, breakfast to champions. Breakfast. So listen to this. We're driving on on the street here, and then there's there's a McDonald's on, on Waukegan Road. Yes, there is. It's closed. What? It's all fenced around. There's a fence around it, and there's construction uh, construction oh. trucks around it. So the McDonald's is closed. Me and Kevin go, oh, boy, what's plan B? We keep going down Waukegan Road. We see a diner on the right. Seven Brothers. Seven Brothers Diner. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, Kevin, let's go. We have 20 minutes. Let's get some eggs, get some hash browns, and we'll be we'll be on the show on time. And actually, we were here 10 minutes before you. Well, before we even got to Seven Brothers, we were driving by, and over to our right, we look over, and we're both pretty hungry. We look over and see, well... There's a Popeye's over there. Are we hung enough to go to Popeye's for breakfast? Popeye's chicken and biscuits. Please tell me Popeye's is not open for breakfast. Well, it the was lights open are on. Oh. I don't know if it was open, but the lights open. are on. I don't, I don't think it was open. Anyway, but... back back inside Seven Brothers, I tell the kind waitress, who did not seem particularly happy with us. Well, it's understandable. We paid $10, probably left a $2 tip, but that's okay. I get my ham and cheese omelet, Kevin Cohn, with some, ha- with some hash browns. browns. And we, we, were, we were on our way, so maybe a little bit healthier than McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Great nice. story. Very nice. Compelling and rich. <laughs> <laughs> Little did you know, I actually called up the construction people and told them, quick, put some barriers up over McDonald's. I thought you told me the McDonald's was closed, but they're just... Yeah, they're under construction, I think. Okay. Under construction. All right, give me a quick early analysis of what the food supply might be at a Wrigley Field. Glenview, Kevin... Uh, over the course of nine innings, two and a half hours, someone who has complete disinterest in the game of baseball, what will you be eating and uh, how much? Okay, well, to start off, we're going to have a couple drinks, probably about like three or four sodas, definitely l- large size. And then, Souvenir size, he's going to bring yeah, them home the, for the you. Souvenir, you know, three or four sodas. Three or four of them. I mean, every time I go to get another meal, i got to get a drink uh, with it. You can't disgusting. go without a drink. Terrible. Um, let's see, then it's going to consist of about two hot dogs. Two hot dogs. Um, side of nachos. Yeah, nachos, I think. No, let's um, be realistic here. So you're going to go nachos also? Probably, yeah. Coach, right. um, I just have a question. Were you the one who supplied him with the money? Yes. Well, then you have no one to blame except for yourself. <laughs> um, let's see. Then you can't forget the vendors walking around. So that means you got to get some of the cotton candy and some oh, lemon ice. Cotton candy. That's the yeah. Cup. Now, my personal favorite is after the game, Oh yeah. we're going to head over to the Billy Goat Tavern. Yeah, you think you are. You keep saying there's a Billy Goat Tavern around Wrigley Field. I don't think David Olson are. It. There is a Billy Goat Tavern. Yeah, they opened it a couple years ago. It's on really? Sheffield. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll we'll be there. Yeah, I stay, I pictured you guys wandering around the city of Chicago looking for a Billy Goat Tavern. We're gonna end up so. somewhere on Michigan Avenue. That's <laughs> ah, so very nice. So a couple of large soft drinks. You get your sugar content, then you get your uh, your beef fat with a couple of hot dogs, nachos and cheese. No peanuts. Well, yeah, you, you always got to go with peanuts. You, yeah. you always got to go with peanuts. See, to me, open, to start the game, I always go bag of peanuts. That's first two innings, 
crunching up the peanuts, and that, and then I put all the shells like right below me, so it makes the people that make me stand up and you know go down the aisle to get food, they hear all the crunching of the shells, it makes them extra guilty, and then they don't go out as much. Part of my strategy. It's like laying a trap for an animal in the forest. Coach, just on the record here, yesterday I saw you at at uh, Glenview David's game. Yes. And you were munching on a bag of peanuts that Glenview Kevin sold because he works at the concession That's stand. Just to, for your information, those peanuts were mine. Say that again. That, those peanuts, they belong to me. But yes, okay. I did. Cool. I actually knew that. That's all right. That's why I was munching on them. Okay. I really wasn't that hungry. I just wanted <laughs> to uh, empty the peanut supply so you would have left to munch on. By the way, I was coaching the Cubs yesterday for anybody that cares out there. White Sox, we were playing the White Sox and Pony Lake Baseball. White Sox 14 and the Cubs nothing. Wow. So the Southside fans can uh, cheer that on. Speaking of Southside, Sammy, I know you're a Cubs fan first. White Sox all of a sudden playing some pretty good baseball. Seven wins in their last nine games. They beat the Pirates yesterday 7-2. Uh, to two. Carlos Quentin has a nice game. John Danks pitches well. White Sox are starting to creep back into it. It might be a mirage, but they are playing better baseball. They are playing better baseball. I think that's I think that's credit to their starting lineup. Uh, their starting rotation, excuse me. Um, that was kind of their their go-to situation in going into the season. They they expect six, seven strong innings from the starting rotation. Their bullpen a little bit shaky. Bobby Jenks not pitching his greatest ball right now. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the offense is concerned, Carlos Quentin finally starting to get going a little bit. You've got guys like Gordon Beckham who need to step up. And then you've got guys like Paul Konerko who've, 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 who are the veterans on this team that need to step up, step up not only with their bath but also with their leadership in the in yeah. the clubhouse. And hanging over the whole thing is the general manager who's waiting, waiting to just absolutely rip apart the team. It's kind of an interesting psychology, and and part of it is the trick is for the general manager to figure out when you do that because you don't want to you don't want to do it too early. If you listen to the fans and the Yahoo Sports talk hosts like ourselves. You know, you would have broken it up a month ago, but the GM's got to look above that. You got to have a big picture of things. You got to make that decision. When is it time or not? He's held off a little bit. Team playing better, but psychologically, what do you think it does to the players knowing that um, they could be on the trading block? All their teammates, not all, but a good portion of their teammates could be broken up. Does that make them make them play with a little more edge? You think make them hungrier, or does it maybe hurt the team chemistry a little bit? Well, looking at the White Sox, when I think of their team chemistry, I don't think much, because the White Sox they, they seem like a team to me who, who they're not they're not all friends like we see the Chicago Blackhawks right now. These guys don't go anywhere without each other. Yep. They can or be out the so they, Cup. They, right. They can be out until four o'clock in the morning all together. And with the and kind of on a note on that, it, it kind of disappoints me that this team will not be the same team next year. And I guess you can look at the same thing for the White Sox that they realize that. Some, if not most, of these guys will not be here next year. I think they're playing for for the for the salary right now, not not for the development mm-hmm. of their own team. Mm-hmm. To some extent, it can make you play a little bit looser. You know, pressure's off. But you're right. As far as bonding and that team chemistry in the Chicago Blackhawks, that was one of their keys to success this year. As you could tell the guys they weren't faking it, but they really, really enjoyed. E- even even after the Olympic break, when Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, the two best friends this world has ever seen. Playing on opposite teams, mm-hmm. one of them coming out with a gold, the other one coming out with a silver, obviously. Yeah. But still, two weeks off on opposite teams, mm-hmm. going back and finishing out the season together on the same line. Mm-hmm. Two completely different personalities, as far as um, serious and yeah. Or the other one likes to take his shirt off in the summer, <laughs> as, as said in the parade, or the winter, or in the fall, 
or in the spring. He just likes to take his shirt off and uh, and cause taxi cab drivers all kinds of problems. All right, 888-463-6748, the phone number, the great Babitsky, Sam Babitsky, Kevin Cohn sitting in today. For the big dog who was AWOL, we'll see if we can track him down at some point. We got Game 7 coming up. U.S. Open, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk a little golf, too. We got the U.S. Open, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, golf tournament of the year. Hopefully, it'll be close for the back nine on Sunday. Nothing better than a Sunday afternoon watching the back nine of a major. We'll take a quick break. Two guys in a mic, TalkZone.com. Phone lines are open. We have 12 lines open if you want to squeeze in. 888-463-6748. Back in a minute. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone hey, we do welcome you back two guys and a mic talkzone.com absolutely gorgeous thursday here in the fine city of chicago the great Papinski, kevin cone both headed down to the cubs game today what a beautiful day at wrigley field lincoln park zoo Botanical Gardens, the outside of Chicago, any of the Chicago beaches. I mean, you're in the city of Chicago today. You forget about winter. It is a beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous summer day. Very few cities in this fine country is nice in the summertime. On a day like today is our fine city of Chicago. We mentioned uh, before the break at the U.S. Open coming up this weekend, Pebble Beach, California, another beautiful, beautiful place. I'm not sure exactly where Pebble Beach is, but we do know it's in California. David Olson, our geographical expert. Pebble Beach in North, Middle California, Southern California. If you don't know, just make it up. Uh, we'll say Northern California. <laughs> we'll say, huh? Thank you very much. Pebble Creek, Pebble Creek, rather, Golf Club in Pebble Breach, uh, California. Tiger Woods won it a couple of years ago. Last year, Sudden Sam, a uh, upset winner, Lucas Glover. Came out of nowhere to win. Any feelings, any inklings this year on who might I don't know what what's the tradition for the uh, we know in the Masters they put on the green jacket. I don't know what the tradition is, but who might raise the uh, we'll call it the Stanley Cup for the U.S. Open. The Stanley Cup for the U.S. Open. I think I'm leaning towards Phil Mickelson, the the lefty out of the out of the field here, and uh, just like I believe 75 percent of the nation is saying Phil Mickelson, I think Tiger Woods is he's not going to do well particularly well. Um, obviously, his issues have been uh, blown up to an extreme magnitude recently. Not even recently. What has it been like? Four or five months now. What issues, Tiger? Yeah. 
Never heard of any. Really? You live <laughs> under a rock, Coach? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got all those issues. He also has some physical issues, too, including a uh, sore neck, which is not, I would think, good for a golfer. Well, no, probably not. But no. let us I want to point out a story here. I was watching a Sports Center issue this morning, or was it maybe yesterday, and a reporter asked him, uh, describe your condition with your personal life right now and your golf life. Golf life, you know, he went on a little little rant about how he's improving, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Personal life, simple. None of your business. Good. You, you you like that answer? Yeah, I'm very glad he said that. It is. It's exactly, in my opinion, none of your, why, you didn't like that? With me, you know, whenever a, uh, a star like Tiger Woods some, say something like that, it's it's just rude. Why can't you be like, okay, he, he, he could have said something like, you know, um, quite frankly, I don't want to discuss this right now. It's mm-hmm. I'm working it out with my wife, whatever. None of your business, rude. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Go sit down. Okay. Maybe maybe he could have said it a little just bit the, different. Just the, the tone, it kind of... It, you got to be a little bit because mm-hmm. things, you know, this guy supposedly not even him, guys like Shaquille O'Neal and guys like them, you know, nice to kids, helping out community, but not but not good role models uh, themselves. Well, d- does the fact that uh, he's been bugged on that and peppered on that for what the last uh, six seven months is that? And, and I difference? think he should be peppered on it. It's old hat at this point. It's been through. It's, it's, it was a stupid question to ask. Leave it alone. Now, I didn't see how he responded. I just saw the quote in the paper. So maybe. If he did, maybe he could have done it in a little bit nicer way. But the gist of it is that none of your, you know, let's talk about the golf. My personal situation. I, I'll, it. I'll be completely fine with that answer. Though let, okay. let, let's just focus on the golf for now. We got probably the biggest tournament of the year coming up. Let's let's look at this right now, and we can okay. we'll see how things progress with between my own family life. Later. So be a little bit more respectful. I think so. Okay. I think that'd be appropriate. All right, very good. You're, but you're picking Mickelson to win. I'm picking Mickelson. Yeah, the lefty. He's been through a lot too. Even though a right-hander may be pitching. Pitching oh, I'm what? sorry. Got the two sports mixed up. Yeah. Uh, Phil Mickelson, five, I believe we have this correct, five second-place finishes. Never won a U.S. Open. Never. And I think, Never. I, think, I think it's his time. You know, all the stuff he's been through recently with his mom and his wife, both diagnosed with breast cancer, I think, yep. within a month yep. of each other. So I think he deserves it just as much as anyone else does. Mm-hmm. I used to say one of the great traditions in all of golf after winning the golf tournament, winning the trophy is nice, but getting to kiss Phil Mickelson's wife is arguably the highlight of winning any golf tournament. And it's become a tradition even when it was someone else winning, but uh, we can't kid about that uh, anymore. Hopefully she's doing well with her uh, health problems. I, I got a few in my two guys that I'm picking, Scott Verplank, if you're familiar with him, and Jeff Ogilvy. Those are my two guys. Those are my two guys. U.S. Open, but you're picking Mickelson to finally get I think he's won the British. He's won the Masters. He's won the PGA Championship. So this would be the only major that he hasn't won. And it was only, what, about four or five years ago? Or you, I don't know if you're old enough to remember where he was considered the best golfer that could never win the big one. Yeah, I've heard that before. Not, not even four or five years ago, but recently. Yeah, and now he's got, what, three Masters champions? He's got three Masters, and yeah. I'm looking for him to get his fourth. Here yep. at the U.S. Open. It's almost like once you get that first one, the pressure is off. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you another guy to keep an eye on. He played his golf at Northwestern University. Local kid. Although he um, grew up, where is he from, Britain? He definitely is not from the States. But when I say local kid, he played his golf and uh, lived for a while here in uh, Evanston at Northwestern University. Luke Donald. A lot of people consider him the best golfer right now who has not been able to win a major. It used to be Sergio Garcia also. But uh all right, so you're golf wise you're kind of a lukewarm fan? I am. I am. Mm-hmm. I, I always like the local the local kids. Okay. Not even here but even 
looking back at the Olympics this past right. summer. Kevin Cohn, do you care to pick a golfer to win the tournament, or do you need Sam to pick someone for you again? Well, no, I'd actually agree with Sam on this one. I mean, I don't follow golf very much, okay. but I would have to say if I would pick someone, Phil Mickelson would probably yeah. be the uh, one I'd pick. Good choice, because don't forget, Sam, when it came to baseball, he picked for the home run contest for cash, he gave you the pitcher. So if you're going to leave it up to him to give you a golfer, he'd probably give you like a caddy or something. So yeah, but I don't think Sam knows that many golfers. No, I do, actually. Oh, good. I'm not, I, you know... <laughs> You it's might a good know, thing you, I didn't you, let him pick them. You might know more about me with, with a lot, as, as far as it goes yeah. to like technical yeah. wires and lighting and sound, but you you've got nothing on me regarding. Yeah. By the way, if I'm Randy Wells, if Randy Wells does hit a home run today, you're paying him the five bucks, not me. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I hope I hope Wells goes off and hits like a couple of home runs just to totally throw it back at you. Cubs taking on the uh, Oakland A's today. White Sox against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, by the way, ten consecutive losses, ten losses in a row for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Kevin, if you were the manager of the Pirates right now, you got to think of something drastic here, something 10 losses in a row. What do you do if you were the manager? Anything creative, anything different to shake up uh, shape up things for Pittsburgh? Um, I have no idea what I would do. I am not a sports manager, so I have no idea what I do. But that's why I'm asking, because I think you know uh, the, the manager of the team is a baseball guy, and it's not working for him. So we almost need someone outside the box. With a totally creative mind, something separate from baseball, just to shake these guys out. It feels so bad for the Pirates. Ten losses in a row. I have I've, no. I feel bad for the about ten and a half fans that come see them every game. <laughs> Change the music in the clubhouse. Uh, maybe instead of getting them pregame food, starve them a little bit, get them to play angry. Take take away something from them, uh, and, and don't give it back to them until they win a game or something. Okay. I'm not sure what, but what, what are the men like their uniforms maybe? Okay, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Their uniforms, or do you, what, do you want, what do you want to play them, Coach? Yeah. Like I said, if we're getting creative, you got Shorts to and a T-shirt. That would work. Okay. Yeah, why not? Come out there with, you know, just white T-shirts with Pittsburgh written on it. They're a low-budget team. They don't pay a lot of money, so you, if you're going to go that route, make fun of yourself a little bit, laugh at the situation, and come out and, uh, you know, if, hey, if it doesn't work, you go back to the regular unis. But if you win a game, you wear the like the playoff beard. Yeah. You keep wearing it until you lose. Right. All right. Obviously, you don't like that idea. 888-463-6748. If you're from the city of Pittsburgh here and you got any uh, suggestions for your ball club, 10 losses in a row, and that's a tough way to go. Hopefully, it'll be 11. I hate to say that, but they're playing the White Sox. Then as soon as they get done playing the White Sox, we'll root for Pittsburgh once again. Uh, other baseball action yesterday, real quick, San Francisco, interleague play. You a fan of interleague play, I National love interleague American? Play. I love interleague play. I'm seeing the Oakland Athletics today. I'm seeing the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim yeah. on Saturday. Teams that you rarely ever see, and then it just might happen. You might see them once again on the big stage in the World Series. So you are not one that would agree with the people, oh, you know, you got to break it up, the great tradition of the National League. and Yeah. I, I like it. I, I like mixing it up. But you see the same faces. You go to the exactly. same Miller Park. You go to PNC Park. Yeah. You go to Bush Stadium. The same. How many times can you play the Milwaukee Brewers in one season? Right. Yeah. You can show it to Milwaukee. The, you might already. Some of these guys might already have bought a condo over there in Milwaukee. Cubs have already played the Pittsburgh Pirates. What, like twelve times this year? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, the Cubs are the uh, only team that are having a hard time beating the Pittsburgh Pirates. Thank you very much. Um, all right, San Francisco National League knocked off the American League. They beat Baltimore 6-3. to three. Tim Lencicombe, Sam, uh, 10 strikeouts, 4 walks. Would he be in your top 5 pitchers in Major League Baseball right now? Right now? Tim Lincecum, yeah, I think so. I think him, Ubaldo Jimenez, 
Roy Halladay have been pitching lights out recently, except for Roy Halladay got knocked up yep. a little bit yesterday. Yep. Um, but I think I want to talk a little bit about Steven Strasburg. Have you seen this kid pitch? No, I've not. Who? What uh, opening outside of you know it? highlights? I haven't watched him live. Just wa- watch his composure. Really, he's he's just calm. How old is he? Twenty-one years old. Yeah, Twenty years old. Twenty-one. Fourteen strikeouts in his major league debut. What is it tied for the second most in history of major league baseball? Mm-hmm. He fanned, I think, eight. The second start and his third start is coming up tomorrow, actually, against the White Sox. Against the White Sox, yeah. Is that at White Sox Park or is it Washington? I think it's in Washington. Okay. I think it's in Washington. All right, cool. Bring the fans out. Steven Strasburg throwing against the White Sox. That could be uh, interesting yesterday. We're not ready yet to put him in the top five pitchers in baseball. Now, if he he goes another seven or eight games and does what he's doing, maybe. But uh, you're not going to put him there after two games, are you? You're no, about no, I, I, I'm considering it. I'm contemplating it, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen just mm-hmm. so soon. You know, Ubaldo right. Jimenez, Kevin Cohen. You like that name, Ubaldo Jimenez? It's a pretty nice name. I yeah. wish I had that name. If you have uh, kids, would you consider? I know, you know, David or Jimmy or Jackson. Would you consider naming your child Ubaldo? Of course. Why not? <laughs> Ubaldo Cohen, huh? <laughs> it's, it's kind of catchy. What would the middle name be? Um, I have no idea. How about Luigi? Luigi? Ubaldo Luigi Cohn. We cover all nationalities and all religions there. Yeah, that works. There you go. <laughs> Very good. Kevin, uh, what, uh, real quick for the uh, fans out there, some of the activities you are involved in this summer. Again, uh, Glenview Kevin here. Kevin Cole, my son, Glenbrook South High School, uh, headed to junior year. Um, Very nice. Halfway yeah. through. Well, this summer um, I'm going to the uh, the National Scout Jamboree. Which is something really big. I don't know, you know, a lot of sports people here probably haven't heard of it. But um, it's where about 50,000 scouts and scoutmasters all go to one place and set up basically a gigantic city that goes up for two weeks. And there's all sorts of activities that we do. And then after two weeks, it's gone. So you you, you create a city of 50,000 people in one week, and then a week later, it's all gone. So it's pretty it's pretty exciting. What uh, what state is it in again? What West Virginia? Uh, yeah, I think it's in Virginia. It's on, it's at the um, the Army Fort uh, Fort AP Hill, so I think that's in Virginia. Wow, fifty thousand Boy Scouts. Producer extraordinaire David Olson. You look like you might have had a little Cub Scout Boy Scout in your past. Have you ever uh, gone the route of Cub Scouts, or God forbid, actually graduated to Boy Scouts? I did both. I almost made Eagle Scout. There it is. Almost. Oh, well, I hit high school and I lost interest. <laughs> Seriously, I was I was a community project away from my uh, Eagle Scout. Uh, so close. So close, yet so far, yet didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, but actually, you know what? Looking back, I do regret not finishing. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but once again, I, high school girls, sports, and other interests. So, <laughs> so close. No, yet so far, yet couldn't care. But now looking exactly. back at it with perspective. With perspective, I wish I would have yeah. uh, finished up. Yeah. Now that you are a mature adult, hit the laugh track if you want. You look back at it. Oh, that's very good. 50,000 Boy Scouts. Yep. It's unbelievable. I, I attended that myself. You did? Yes. Well, give Kevin an idea. What? what uh... Well, this was, uh, oh God, this was the Silver Jamboree or something like that. It was like 75 years of the Boy Scouts. This was in 1985, maybe. And it was that's in Washington. perfect because this year is the 100. Yeah, this is the hundred. All right. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so yeah, it was the seventy-five. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. It was like, <sighs> imagine going to, uh, 
the taste of Chicago on the busiest day of the year, but everybody there is a Boy Scout. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's like. The, the monkeys performed. Yeah. Dur- during their reunion. Is that right? Yeah, it was their 20-year reunion. At the Jamboree. Cool. At the Jamboree, yeah. So. Very. So that, how about that? Our producer was there at the 75th. Kevin Cohn going to be attending it at the 100th. The Boy Scout Jamboree. 50,000 people just like within all one day. They all yep, kind of show comes. up. A whole city is built, basically. You is know. there organization to it, Dave, or is it pretty much just... Everybody. Oh, no, no, it's completely organized. It is. I mean, and to tell you the truth, I don't remember too much of it just because 25 years ago. I had a lot of drugs in my 20s. <laughs> Plug your ears for that one, kids. <laughs> but, but no, it was very very structured, very organized. So, mm-hmm. All right, there you go. Outstanding. The Boy, the, Boy, Scout. the Boy Scout motto is be prepared, so they were prepared to handle 50,000 people. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Very nice. How was the food, more importantly? They decent food? I uh, don't – nothing memorable. Okay. All right. So we got the jamboree on the docket. Very, very good. Any uh, – are you working? Hopefully making a little bit of money. Yeah, I'm actually working uh, concession stands for where my brother plays baseball over at some of their fields there. Um, it's actually a job shared by my friend over here, Sam Vitsky, also. He works there, too. We are coworkers. We are one of about ten people, and we sell food all day long to nice. people who play baseball. Nice. Yeah. So if you're in the Glenview area in the evening time, you stop by a baseball field. Uh, peanut, a Cracker Jack, or what are the popular items at the baseball field these days? Gatorade and pretzels. Pretzel? Pretzels, yeah, hot pretzels. The pretzel over the hot dog. Yep. I, I mean, well. Well, no, I'd, I'd give them the hot dog over the pretzel here. Okay. Yeah, actually, probably. All right, but the pretzel is a, it's a factor. Yes, it is. It is a factor. Because the pretzel, back in my day, the pretzel was like a distant second cousin. Did not get a lot of respect. No, the hot pretzel you, with cheese, it's good. There you go, you see. Back, you know, Sam, I would order a pretzel, I'd get laughed at. But like so many other things, I was ahead of my time. People just didn't realize it. Great genius. I've told David, my producer, this very many times. Great genius often is not discovered until many years later. So I anticipate, even though my ratings are down right now, when people listen to this show in 20, 25 years, they will realize the genius behind the big dog and the coach on a regular basis. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. These guys got to get out of here in a few minutes, catch the train to the Cubs game. Let's bring them home a victory, one in a row. You got to start somewhere, Sammy. Let's see if we can get two in a row, huh? Let's hope so. Let's hope so here. But uh, I want to look at Lou Pinella's lineup today and see see if Lou kind of... I don't I don't mind you looking at Lou Pinella's lineup. Just don't look at Lou Pinella. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what are you expecting to see in a... Who do you want to see? Who you do not? Do you want know to why see? Coy Hill has been starting over Giovanni Soto recently? Yeah, because Gio- Giovanni Soto was Gio- swing and a miss, swing and a miss, strike three, and his defense hasn't been like a major disappointment. I don't like Coy Hill. I'm not a fan. Coy Hill? Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. But let's hope so. I mean, last game I went to, lost to the Nationals by I believe four runs. Mm-hmm. So. All right, we'll bring them some good luck today. I got a feeling the Cubs could be uh, on the verge of getting on a roll. You guys are taking the train down there. You got to go purple line, green line, white line, orange line. I'll give you a hint. If you see a sign for 35th and uh, Stony Island. We're probably not in the right area. What's that? We're probably not in the right area. You probably have gone too far, yeah. And then if you see the sign for, like, Tennessee, you definitely went too far. (laughs) But good luck. Enjoy the game. And, uh, Kevin, instead of three large Cokes, how about just one? I'll think about it. Okay. And lay off the cotton candy, will you? Thank you, gentlemen. All right, Coach. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks. Don't forget. Who's your guy again for the home run? I've got Tyler Colvin. 
Tyler Colvin, Kevin's got the pitcher. I'm bringing home the money today. I, I can feel it. Right. I can feel Let's it. Let's hope so. Five Thanks, bucks. Guys. Anybody that calls in. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Bring the Cubs home. Be safe, please. Uh, anybody that uh, calls in at 888-463-6748, pick a Cub player today, hits a home run, we'll give you five bucks. And if he hits two home runs, we will double it up, put a zero at the end of it, and no, before anybody asks, we're not going to put three zeros next to it and make it 500. All right, we'll take a quick break. The coach flying solo today. Phone lines are open. Anything you want to talk about? Game seven, the NBA basketball final on a June, what do we got, 17th? On a June 17th comes the conclusion today. Win, lose, or draw. Basketball will finally be over game seven. We'll talk about that. Triple eight, four, six, three, sixty seven, forty eight. Back in a minute. Two guys, one mic. to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Ian, we are back. Feels like a Friday, but it's only a Thursday here. TalkZone.com, Two Guys and a Mic. David Olson was nice to see a reappearance of our uh, boss, our fearless leader, the commander-in-chief, Chris Whitting, back in the studios. It looked like a lawnmower went over his head, uh, wherever he happened to be, but... Uh, the GM that was the GM, Chris Whitting, is back in action. Yeah, but he's not here today. All right. So the guy takes six months off, shows up for one day, and that was too much. He's off for another day. Exactly. It's a tough job, but someone's got to do it, huh? Yeah. His excuse was that he was like three months out in California setting up a uh, potential studio situation out there. I may have to try that gig. You know, go down to Florida for three months and wander around looking for property for potentially opening up a quote-unquote New location, you come back in three months, that ah, didn't work out. Not bad. I've always wondered about consulting. Haven't you like consultants? Guys quit jobs, leave jobs, they become consultants. Now, I don't know if people just say that they're consultants because that's an easy out when they're out of work. But like, who pays these consultants? Haven't you always wondered about this? Is there consultants in the radio business? Because I, I might want to be one. Oh, tons of them. Really? Tons of consultants. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that could be a potential career move for me. It, potentially. What would I consult? i got to come up with something first. See, yeah, that, that's the trick then, isn't it? <laughs> but if you just throw yourself out there, radio consultant, it sounds like somebody's going to slap you well, 50, 100 these, bucks. Uh, uh, you know, people that have been PDs and everything like that for, you know, 20, 25 years and certain, you know, you know in music or in talk. Mm-hmm. There, there, there are a lot of them. There are a lot of them out there. Yeah. Every, every field has that. It seems like every field. It's a great gig. If anybody out there is a consultant, I'd love to consult you on the consultancy of uh, being a consultant. 
if that is possible, give us a call, 888-463-674. A lot of guys probably don't want to call in and give away their secrets or the fact that they're actually making money and probably uh, giving advice that could be had from probably anybody in middle management on down, I would think. But uh, all right, I'll take a couple shots at consultants. You want to shoot back at me, feel free to do so. 888-463-6748. Real quick, Dave, is our media expert, too, any... Um, Summertime TV series that have come out, anything interesting, anything new? I know it's rerun season, but uh, anything we need to be aware of during the summertime? Uh, I'm still catching up on everything I missed last month. Okay. Still catching up, so I haven't haven't checked out anything that's new. Okay. I have caught via Hulu.com a couple of segments of a show that people have told me about, Modern Family. Excellent show. Not bad. It's an excellent show. With Al Bundy. Yeah. He's classic. It's uh, it's probably the most perfectly casted show on television. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's it's just it's just a solid, well written, well acted comedy. You know, no, nothing flashy. It's just it's just a very very solid show mm-hmm. with a different twist to it. It's hard because you know situation comedies. There's been so many of them, but this has a different feel to it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. It's just it's the story of an extended family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a uh, father, his son, and his daughter, and their families. Mm-hmm. All right, but no, uh, no hit TV summer must sees that at least you are aware of us at this point. Not at this point. Okay. Not at this point. It's still kind of early though. How about in the movie world? I'd say overall, and again, feel free to disagree out there. Uh, you've seen a movie that is worth watching in the summertime here. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. You can email us, Mike Two Guys AOL dot com. Overall. Uh, not a scintillating start to the summer for summer movies. It doesn't seem that way, but uh could change this weekend. Big, big, big movie this weekend, Toy Story 3, which is supposed to be phenomenal. Really? Yeah. yeah. Three and a half, four-star reviews across the board for wow. this. It's been a long time, like a 10-year break since Toy Story 2. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's been uh, 11 years. I think it was Interesting. 1999. Right. Well, my, my son has just discovered it, so... Yeah, I remember back my kids were of that age when Toy Story and Toy Story 2 came out. Both excellent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, Don well, Rickles it, plays the voice of Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, Mr. Potato Tom, Head. It's Tom Hanks is Woody? It's, it's, yeah, Tom Hanks and uh, <coughs> Tim Allen are the two main characters. Oh, that's right, so. yeah. Big fan of Mr. Potato Head, by mm. the way. Yeah, so is my son. <laughs> so is my son. Doesn't know who Don Rickles is, but he calls everybody hockey puck now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you hockey puck. Yep. Oh, man. What are you looking at, you hockey puck? (laughs) There are very few comedians that could actually, I mean, absolutely put me down on the floor and get me just crippled over in laughter. And I would say there's two. Well, I don't know if you count the the three Stooges as a comedy team. They would rank in my top three. But the two stand-up comedians that could get me doubled over, sometimes tripled over, A, Rodney Dangerfield when he got on a roll, and B, Don Rickles. Yeah, Don Rickles is just, it's unbelievable. Oh, um, my parents saw Rickles in Vegas, and yeah. they were right up on the stage. Uh-oh. And my dad turned out to be the guy he kept oh. coming back to all through the show. Wow. You know, you know, he always had the person he'd single out in the audience right at the beginning and just keep hitting him and hitting him and yep. hitting him. That yep. was my dad. Anytime things would slow, he'd yep. go right yeah, back to Yeah, he'd go him. right back to my dad, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Your dad's still a fan, though? Oh, loved it. Oh, loved every minute yeah. of it. I mean, my dad, my dad, 
he said he was he almost wet himself. He was laughing so hard by the end. And the young fans out there, if you're unfamiliar, YouTube up a Don Rickles because you will thoroughly enjoy him. He can span the ages, but basically his shtick was involved around, or revolved around insulting people and insulting sometimes on the fine line of political correctness. And back then there wasn't that much political correctness, but he got. A little shaky sometimes from black to Jewish to Italian, pretty much every nationality, race, religion, and creed. But the beauty of it was, uh, David, beyond it all, his humor, the theme was that by insulting everybody, he showed that we're all in it together. Exactly, exactly. Another clip worth looking up on YouTube. It's one of my favorite Don Rickles things. He filled in for Johnny Carson on the Tonight Show. Okay. Uh, this was the late six. It is probably late sixties, and he was messing around and he broke Johnny Carson's cigarette case because <laughs> Johnny Carson had a, had a cigarette box. Yep. Broke it. Uh, the next day, Carson comes back and notices that the cigarette box is broken during the during the taping of the show. He's like, "What, what happened to my cigarette box?" <laughs> Who, it's broken. What happened? It, Rickles? Rickles did this? Well, come on. He's next door because he was filming McHale's Navy. And <laughs> Johnny gets up, walks out of the studio, takes a camera with him, and confronts Rickles. And Rickles is speechless because Johnny's furious. Which is pretty rare, by the way. Which is pretty rare. He's like, you know, he's like, what's this? What's this, Don? What's going on? And he's like, bah, 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 bah. And, and Carson just gets right back and goes, bah, 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 you broke it. You broke it. And he just goes off on him. And Carson was, was for yeah. real angry or was he making well, no, a stick no, no, out no, of it? He was making a stick okay, out of it. Okay. He was making a stick out of it. But, like, Rickles was speechless. <laughs> it was it, hysterical. I'll see if I can find that uh, after the show and I'll show it to you. But All right. just look it up, everybody. Yeah, he didn't, and, I don't recall and as, Rickles. And as a matter of fact, I'll post it up on uh, today's uh, episode. Okay. If, if I can track it down. All right, very cool. Producer extraordinaire David Olson coming up with that. Rickles did not host the show that often, but he was very often a guest on the show, as was Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney did, would do his stand-up routine, and he'd get on a roll. He was absolutely hilarious as well. All right, so maybe, maybe our first summer hit movie, if anybody out there has seen a movie this summer that is worth mentioning. I know the A-Team's been out there, and Iron Man six or seven or two, whatever it is, not of interest to me, but maybe some fans out there. But there really hasn't been the big summer blockbuster like there's been in previous years. If you've seen a uh, good movie, maybe not even of the blockbuster sort, but just a good movie you could recommend, uh, let us know. 888-463-6748. I don't know if it's a movie, but it's been a season-long saga, and that's the NBA season, folks. It comes to a Close tonight, Game 7, the Celtics and the Lakers. Been a heck of a playoff series here for both these teams. Back and forth, uh, momentum swings, both teams. Winning games on the other team's home floor. A lot of people thought the Celtics would not be able to hang with the Lakers, but they have indeed. And in fact, they um, after winning Game 5 at Boston, they were up 3-2. Had the Lakers on the ropes a little bit, but could not deliver the knockout punch. In fact, they couldn't deliver any punches. In the last game, the Lakers got off the rope using the boxing analogy here, started jabbing back, jabbing back, gained their confidence. Boom! Big knockout punch towards the end of it, held Celtics to 67 points, knocked the Celtics down, knocked them out. A standing TKO, a 10 count by the referee in Game 6, can't. The Celtics come back in Game 7, or they punch drunk at this point, sticking with the boxing analogy. We will see. Like I talked about yesterday, I don't 
particularly care who won. I made an early prediction that the Celtics were the team to watch out for, so I'd like to see that prediction come true. Phil Jackson uh, bothers me a little bit in his smugness, so and, I, and Doc Rivers seems like a likable guy. And the Celtics have plenty of championships under their belt, including a couple of years ago. But I'll take uh, I'll be rooting for Boston, and I just because the Doc. Uh, I'd like to see him win his second championship. I don't need to see Phil Jackson win his 11th. Fully respect Kobe Bryant, though, as a uh, phenomenal player. But like I said yesterday, the one thing I would like to see is close going down the stretch. I mean, that's pretty good. That's like Stanley Cup hockey, like he had with the Blackhawks in Game 6 going into uh, overtime. I mean, that's, that's sports at its best, sports suspense, sports drama. Human drama, human emotion at its best. Let's hope that it's a close game. I, it would be hard for me to fathom the Celtics pulling away from the Lakers today. Possible, but hard to fathom. You could picture a scenario, particularly Boston missing their enforcer, the tough guy, uh, the defender inside Kendrick Perkins, not going to be able to play because of an injured, I believe it's his uh, ankle. No, his knee. Injured knee. So they're going to be missing Kendrick Perkins. So if there is a scenario where the Lakers could pull away and um, – Wrap up Game 7, wrap up their championship pretty easy, but uh, be cool. It would be cool. Let's hope that that game is close down the stretch, see if, who can hit the pressure free throws. And Like I mentioned yesterday, something to watch for is Kobe Bryant. Down the stretch, potential weakness for the Los Angeles Lakers. And again, any basketball fans, only got a couple of minutes left, but if you want to chime in, make a prediction, your thoughts, comments on the series so far in Game 7 tonight, 888 the phone number, but... Um, it will be interesting to watch close down the stretch how much Kobe Bryant tries to do himself. And he's clearly, obviously, don't go be a rocket scientist to figure out he is the go-to player for the Los Angeles Lakers. But if double team, will he be willing to give the ball up or is he going to try to do everything by himself the final three, four, five minutes of the game and start to do that to a fault? We said before the Celtics have uh, really they got three go-to guys. you got Ray Allen got Kevin Garnett, and you got Paul Pierce. Rajon Rondo's almost uh, number four, so call it three and a half. That could be a slight advantage for the Boston Celtic if and only if it is close down the stretch. So I'll make a prediction. If it's a blowout and a runaway, which it very well could be, Lakers are going to win. If it's close, if it's a tight ball game, I think the uh, pressure gets to the home team Lakers, and I think the Boston Celtics find a way to win it. We'll see. Game 7 tonight. Uh, make sure you tune in for that. Again, our phone number here, 888-463-6748. U.S. Open starts uh, today. We'll talk about it tomorrow. I think one thing we can pretty much guarantee that if there's a young golfer whose name we never heard of is leading after day one, and we read all about him in the paper tomorrow, you can pretty much guarantee, based on the last oh, 35 years of watching golf, you will never hear from that guy again. <laughs> it's like, it's unbelievable. Always, after after day one, somebody comes out of obscurity, and for some reason that guy can't hang on to. But we'll see. I got Scott Verplank and Jeff Ogilvie as picks number 1A and 1B. Phil Mickelson trying for lefty, playing some pretty good golf, sentimental favorite because of the sickness and the uh, breast cancer with both uh, his wife and his mom. Never ever won a U.S. Open. Can he win his first? That's going to be one of the storylines. And, of course, you always got to watch out for Tiger Woods. Sore neck or not, we'll see if Tiger is a factor. He's not exactly playing his best golf, but it'll be fun to watch. Pebble Beach, California, I could say the same thing. Dave, in wrapping up the show, as I said about the Celtics and Lakers, I don't particularly care who wins the U.S. Open, but I do enjoy 
a major tournament. I'm not a big golf watcher. I like it, but it's not my favorite thing. But back nine of a major on a Sunday, when it's close, when there's like four, five, six guys in contention, all the words that we use in Game 7, the human drama, watching great athletes, the greatest, perform under pressure. I mean, right? You watch pro basketball players just clank free throws. Can pressure get to the best of the best of the best? You bet it can. Watch golfers. And these guys are the greatest golfers in the world. And down the stretch, they will shank shocks. And I got to be careful how I say that, uh, just because of the pressure. It's kind of, it, when I say it's fun to watch, it's painful sometimes, but it's cool because of the human drama. Yeah, you, you think we're going to hear this as they're coming down the back nine on Sunday? <laughs> You're making fun of the Vuvuglias. The Vuvuzela. The Vuvuzelas? Yes. Yeah. I had to cart it up all day today, and World Cup never came up, so I had to stick it in there somewhere. All right. Well, we didn't talk much World Cup today. We'll talk about it tomorrow. USA playing tomorrow during our show. I might not be in tomorrow, David Olson. I might not be in. I got a quandary. I can't do the show when the U.S. is playing. We'll figure it out. Uh, 10 o'clock tomorrow, somebody will be here. It might not be me. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com. Thanks for listening. Dave Olson, our producer, great job. Have a great day, everybody.